Welcome to Turning Purple, where we take an in-depth look at life as an independent artist. The good, the bad, and the kiki carry of, of it all. Well, hello. Oh, hi. Hi. Oh my God, hi. How are you doing? Gorgeous. How are you? Oh my God, good. gorgeous. Oh my God, gorgeous. Fabulous. Oh my fierce. God, yes. Fierce. Gorgeous. Yas, yes. queen. Hey, um, thank you. Hey, hey, I was doing Amanda. Yeah, I was doing. I was doing Amanda at first. To Lady Bunny. Now, girl. <laughs> oh, two legendary. Legend. Amanda Lepore and Lady Bunny. Shout out. I love me some Amanda Lepore. She's just the sweetest thing. She really is. She's the sweetest pie girl. I was like nervous when I talked to her for the first time because I didn't really know the like, first what time to I expect. Saw her, I. I um, was in Paper Magazine in mm-hmm. high school, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't think I thought I saw pictures, uh, and I it was like I thought it was a cartoon. I thought didn't think it was a real person. Yeah, because he all she also did the cover of the the or Lords of Acid album. Uh, I used to love Lords of Acid when I was in high I school. I love. I still love Lords of Acid. You kidding me? Um, but yeah, I didn't think it was a real person. So when I saw her in real life, I gagged because I was like, oh my God, it's that cartoon thing. I remember she's seeing real, her like, she's a real live person. I remember seeing her on like Maury or something, like when they used to have the club kids or Sally Jesse. Yeah, I did, I did too, but it didn't register. Right. It just didn't no, register. No, yeah, not until much later. I was like, oh my God, that was her. That was her. Anyway. <laughs> and yeah, she's just, she, I love her voice. Uh, so oh my God. Hi. How are hi. You? And I didn't find out until years later. She was always so cool and chill because she's always stoned. She's a big pothead. I she smoked pot with her weed. a few times. I just was, uh, it's so weird to me in nightlife yeah. when, I, when you come across someone that really likes smokes a lot of weed or like likes yeah. smoking weed. It's just not. It's the opposite of what you think. I've smoked. A, I smoked <laughs> pot with her in what was that party? It was like in the meatpacking district and they had like APT? the individual, it wasn't APT. They had like the individual bathroom stalls where you would just, it was all the stall, like different stalls, but there were like rooms and the thing went down to the door. So like we went in there and like smoked a joint. Oh, fun. She's like, oh my God, it's good. <laughs> talking about the standard? Yeah, maybe. There you go. Wow, reminiscing. Well, anyway, that was interesting for everyone. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, gay, 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 gay. It's appropriate. Gay, gay, gay. It's appropriate <laughs> where a place to begin for gay, 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 gay. gay. But if you very, haven't very noticed, or if you were wondering, like it seemed we were we were discussing what we were going to talk about, and I was like, it just kind of popped in my head. Like, it seems like a very glaring oversight that we haven't once mentioned or gone in depth on gay like being gay you gay you gay because <laughs> sometimes it feels like we're gay for a living you know what i mean gay for pay Ooh, gay for <laughs> <laughs> no that's something completely that's something different. else but yeah gay for pay i guess gay to get paid gay to get paid <clears throat> paid for being gay um i guess i guess yeah let's dive right into because we're queer artists. I mean, let's let's start here uh, with identity. Like, how do you how do we identify these days? Because there's so much um, talk about identity and how you personally identify. Yeah. Um, 
So how do you identify, Adam Joseph? I identify, I'm just a, you know, good old-fashioned cis gay male. Cis gay male. Sorry, guys. Okay. Boring. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, straight up gay. That's all there was for a long time. But now there's more. There is more. Now there's more. I prefer queer. Because I never really identified with being a gay man. I don't like a... It's hard to explain. That's a I mean, man. It's a hard to... I guess I have to go back to my experience like of my younger life in New York City. Mm. I dressed as, you know, presented as a woman so often. And for a time, I presented pretty female day to day. I had really long hair yeah. and acrylics. Bright red hair down to my, you know, the middle of my back and mm -hmm. uh, really long acrylics for daytime. You might even wear like a heeled boot. Yeah, for daytime. I, my experience with she was gender bones. has always been this. I mean, the, the, the way, how I feel, has, there's never been a word for it. And there still isn't really. Queer comes closest, I would say. I've never felt like one, uh, like it changes from day to day. And mood to mood, like sometimes not day to day. Sometimes I have periods of more masculine feelings and some periods of more feminine feelings. I mean, totally, bro. It's just me. But I feel like I don't fit. I've yeah. never, I feel like I've never really fit into I feel like I'm both and neither. I feel uh, like I'm masculine and feminine. See, sometimes I'm not <clears throat> both. Sometimes I'm not yeah. one or the other. I, I feel like I fall somewhere in between. Everything I have always had kind of a, uh, I don't know if I have a problem with the word, but it just triggers me the word queer. You're not alone because that was used as a you know, that was what straight guys where I grew up called you know, you're a, you're a queer, like quirk. it was like you're, you're a quirk, especially in Kentucky. Oh, yeah, yeah. you are okay. It was your, your core, you're fucking core, fucking core. Um, and so, like, when I heard people starting to say, like, I'm queer, and it's like that was always you a negative triggered. thing to me. Um, you're not and, alone, you know. Alone. I mean, I can understand when it's being used, you know, there's different ways you can use the word, but it's one of those words that's just like when I hear it, it brings back that memory mm. of them of straight guys being like, a fucking quarter, you know? And to me, it's more inclusive. And I it's the it's the, the term that I identify with the most because it you can within it there are many different variations. It kind of encompasses everybody that's, you know a little different. That's a little different really. I mean it's everyone that's out of um cishet society. Straighties. Straight, you know, it's everyone that's not a part of the mainstream. Right. Yeah, and because the, there's so much more than, I mean, it's obviously not just, you know, the community that we come from is not just about gay guys. You know, it's about lesbians. It's about bisexuals. It's about transgender. It's about all kinds of stuff, you yeah. know. So, you know, yeah, obviously. And some straight, I mean, then there are and definitely, straight people. There are straight people that are outliers. Some of, of my this, best of like, friends are straight, Erica. Are they? I feel like that's a lie. Yeah, I'm annoyed. 
Oh, okay. But right. he's my he's been my best friend since I was in second grade. So, yeah. oh, my best friend is straight. One of my my oldest. Oh friends yeah, is see, you didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about it. She has a baby. She does have a baby. <clears throat> What's straighter than that? That's pretty straight. And she but she's lives also, with a man. She does live with a man. I don't know. But she's, she's dipped her toe in the in the pool a couple times. I think so. Uh, mm. I just don't consider her to be. She's very alternative. Yeah, yeah, stereotypical straight person. Um, but anyway, queer fits me because um, the best. I don't. They, there isn't really anything that fits me. I don't feel like I've ever fit in quite anywhere. Um, as far as a term that encaps that's supposed to encapsulate like all of your feelings, sexual and otherwise, how you relate to the world. Well, something that colors yeah. the, the lens through which you see the world, right? I don't, if that's what an identity is, I don't, mm-hmm. I've never come across one that really fit how I feel. Well, I think any identity is going to limit who you are in a way, mm-hmm. you know? So like any label that you put on it, and you know, there's not, there's not, I mean, other than queer, which just means like different, you mm-hmm. know? And like out of the norm, you know, anytime you try to label something, obviously, you know, I mean, to me, the labels never really meant much because I mean, I identify as a gay man because I'm a homosexual, but that doesn't mean, I don't know. I mean, like, do I feel like a man? Do I feel like a woman? Like, I don't even know. What's a woman supposed to feel like? What's a man supposed to feel like? This you know? is a very we're that's getting where, into very muddy waters. This yeah, is a very loaded. But that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, topic. how can you ever really <laughs> like? What is that? It it depends on which whose definition are you using in the first place? You know. So, I I feel know. like you should just be able to be you, and whatever that is should just well, yeah, whatever it is, obviously. I mean, that's kind of where we've always existed. That's the space in which we've always existed. Everybody just is whatever they are. Yeah, it's kind of funny when we go into different environments and we're like, oh, not everyone is like completely fine with like everyone doing whatever the hell they want to do and be whoever they want to be. Like, really? We were just watching. We were just watching that that new show. Yeah, we're here on HBO with um, Bob the Drag Queen and Shangela and Eureka O'Hara, and they're going to like these small town cities in the United States where, you know, it's very conservative and they're like, I forget. They're like men helping people get over their issues with their sexuality or maybe their issues that they had with towards other people's sexuality. And it's really interesting because yeah, I totally all, I forget all the time that I'm like, Oh, those people still exist. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so crazy. I'm sure most of the listeners I forget. To, to the podcast can agree because I don't know if they would be listening to us if they were conservative, um, you know, closed minded people. But gender and sexuality are complicated issues, they interplay with one another. They are not the same thing. Um, right. We know that. Uh, I think what we're trying to do here is just kind of. Uh, dive into what our interpret how our interpretations of like how we personally have identified over the years yeah. interacts with our art. I mean, 
right. think more more so than gay man, I would identify as a faggot mm. because I like. I well, mean, we'll get into that. Yeah, later. we'll get then into that. We'll get into a that bit later. later. Um, so yeah, I prefer queer. You prefer gay man. Gay man. Gayman. Gayman. <laughs> a gayman. Um, how about coming out? Let's go. Let's go back a little. Coming further. out stories. Let's, go, let's tell. Let's tell a coming uh, out story. My coming out story is great. So yeah, if you've got a good, uh, I don't. I don't remember it. So yeah, it'll be like the first time because I've forgotten yours. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I, I came out to my. Uh, well, I came out. Okay. First of all, I went on a national tour when I was thirteen in sixth grade. Uh, musical theater of the show Oliver and I was surrounded by gay guys because it was all musical theater guys mm-hmm. right and so that's when I really figured out that I was gay because I didn't really know what I would have called it before that yeah um, because this was the 90s this was you know this was not you didn't see gay stuff all around all the time it was not talked about you know and I didn't really even know what that was. And plus I was like, that was like the time I was going through puberty. So it was kind of, it just kind of pushed me along. And I told my best friend, but I told I actually took it back because he was like, he like started kind of acting weird after I told him and he, but I, cause I didn't want him to tell anybody else. And it was like a big secret. Uh-huh. So then I told another friend like a year later and then, um, I think I told my sister first, but when I came out to my mom was the night of the Ellen coming out episode. Oh, really? Yes. We watched it together. And then immediately afterwards, I was like, I'm gay too. Oh yeah. And so, and she was like, well, I still love you. I just want you to be careful because there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad things out there. And I just don't want you to, you know, get AIDS and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. I, I mean, that one too. You know. Um, and then the next day, uh, this was when I was in was fourteen, and I was in ninth grade. And the next day, I was at school, and we had this crazy, like, totally spacey hippie pothead English teacher. And basically, we we hardly did anything in that class except for like most of the times we would sit around in a big circle. And we would tell <laughs> stories to each other. Okay. And he's like, he's like, okay, guys, today we're going to talk about events that changed our lives. And then everyone was telling their story, their short little story. And I told the story. I said, well, I told, I, I said, well, I knew that, you know, the moment that I came out to my mom that, everything had changed in my life. And I went to a performing arts school, so I was really lucky to not ever be made fun of, ever be like teased or bullied. Yeah, because most everybody else probably, probably was 50% gay of well. the other people were gay too. Um but actually that's I mean there wasn't that many gay gay ki- out, out gay kids in my school. Um I was one of the first in, you know, that age range in my mm-hmm. class or whatever. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I came out to my mom and then the next day I came out to like everyone at, at school because basically I told my in- entire English class and then, of course, the, the word spread. Mm, and, um, as it does. And, but it was like amazing because it was actually a really positive experience for me. And 
I didn't tell my dad. I never told my dad. He he told he came up he talked to me about it like two years later. And he was like all this bullshit and and I was like, girl, it's too late. <laughs> like mistake. <laughs> she done already done, done had hers is true. <laughs> so yeah. But um but yeah, so that was my coming out story. Ellen. Ellen. Thanks, Ellen. She's like the only person that was talking about it back in the it's day. It's true. She did a lot for to advance the culture. I wish she wasn't such a horrible person. Apparently she's an rotted cunt. She is a rotted cunt. And uh, I don't care for There's her. a whole Twitter thing about it. Yeah. Guys, you go, you go if check it out. If you're interested. It's extremely everyone, It's like one of those things in LA. Like everyone has a, a horror story. A horrible story about yeah. Ellen. And if you don't believe any of those, all you have to do is look at watch her show. Yeah, she's horrible to people on it. <laughs> she is. I think scaring people in that way is gross. Yeah, practical jokes. All of my friends oh, know. You don't like when she has people sneak the up. The way on to her. get yeah me angry at you forever is to ever do anything like that for me. That's the friendship ender. I hate <laughs> that shit. I hate practical jokes. I think they're so rude and such so such lack of a lack of empathy and compassion and i just i can't i can't abide them and i know i'm not the only one that feels that way adam joseph (laughs) anyway my 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 coming out was didn't have anything to do with ellen (laughs) (laughs) did not have anything to do with ellen i came out i think the first person that i came out out loud to was my mother over the phone um i did not live with my mother the first person you came out to was not one of your friends? I didn't have friends. Oh, wow. I didn't really have friends. Not even I'm not to your good imaginary ones. friends? I didn't have any really good friends. I had just started making friends at that age. How old were I'd you? I like just started making friends in eighth grade. Before that, I didn't have any. And the ones that I made in eighth grade, I kind of carried over into high school. And it was that, it was that in between. Uh, it was really... Yeah, it was in between when I came out to myself and when I came out to my mom. And then when I got to high school. College. High school, not college. (laughs) High school. When I got to high school, um, I found out about a group that existed in town called Seacoast Outright. Um, And Seacoast Outright... Seacoast? Yeah, Seacoast. Okay. It was called Seacoast. Like a Out. gay youth group? It was a gay youth group. Uh-huh. And it was on Friday nights, and you could just go, um, yeah. get dropped off, like, downtown. Mm-hmm. And it only lasted a couple hours. So it, mm-hmm. it was and it was amazing. I used to go to a gay youth group in so Cincinnati as it well. It really, it was It was just called youth group. <laughs> really? Yeah. Ours is Seacoast outright. Um, it was absolutely... Unbelievable. It was mm-hmm. such an amazing experience. And I think it pushed me further along on my journey than I would have been without it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing it was amazing to see other people that were around my age that were going through the same things as me. But it was also amazing to see adults from the community who had been where I was yeah, and were living, you know, functional 
adult yeah. lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were, they were called facilitators. And there were a rotating cast. And there's probably like 10 in all that would rotate in and out. Um, so that was an amazing experience. But I came out very young. I was out um, by my freshman year mm-hmm. um, in high school. And I started a gay straight alliance in yeah. our high school my yeah. i had a really i had some really great gay role models as well um my choir teacher was one who was just the gayest thing but it wasn't a, it wasn't like what, it was, was just himself yeah and it wasn't a thing it just like wasn't even a big deal he just was hmm. himself right and it wasn't it, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily discussed but it was just like yeah the, he was out and he was there. And mm-hmm. I also met a lot of other um there were gay like in the art department. There right. were a lot of there were other gay students. Uh-huh. Um that so I had a lot of really great gay mo- role models coming up. Like I said, my choir teacher in particular. Um so I was out early. You were out early as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I was out early cuz I was always I was in the theater and I would, you know, that's what I was saying like the way that I kind of figured out that I was gay. I mean, that was that was sixth grade, and then I didn't come out three years until three years after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't come out to myself until probably seventh grade. I knew. Yeah, I think I, was... I actually went back and tried to be with girls before I came out. Really? Yeah. I never had to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to because I was not fit into popular you know i was trying to fit into the regular i had lots of friends and i was trying to have anything i think i was trying to fit in with them by you know i mean i i even messed around with girls and stuff oh i never did yeah i never even made out really with a girl i had my first really oh i started going to see coast outright really young and had my first boyfriend when i was barely 14 so I never. Yeah, but I'm, there was I'm talking about before I was 14. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I never. I never made out with a girl before that. Hmm. Interesting, right? I had girlfriends in like, but third, I was in Boy grade. Scouts and. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. There was, you know, there were a few things going on there. Oh, 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 oh. Um, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Just some experimentation. Not the Boy Scouts. Yes, it was the Boy Scouts. Did you get those cookies? I got them cookies, girl. <laughs> I got them cookies. Um, so, so yeah, um, coming out was, you know, it's very liberating. But I, I just never, I could, I could never understand, since I did come out so young, how people could wait until they're, 21 25 oh yeah me like, too it's Jesus. never it's been mind-blowing to me when i mean people that stayed in the closet for so long yeah uh well i was never really in the closet i've been like this i mean the right. way that i behave right. hasn't really changed over my entire life like the way that i sound i went through puberty pretty early so i basically have looked sounded and acted like this since i was 12 so 11 even uh uh-huh. So I've been the, very much the same for a very long time. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't think I ever came across it straight. So I mean, like it was. Well, you have a deep voice. You have a deep speaking voice. I don't think when I had I, a deep voice when I was younger, though. I think your voice was it got, deeper. It got deeper. Well, I didn't as know I you got older. Pre. Girl, I used to be a boy soprano, honey. Trust. Well, I was too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, she could still sing soprano. Oh, okay, good darling. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I never really. I just, I you know, I and I feel terrible for people that don't come out because they obviously got a reason. You know, it's not like, you know, I was in a very accepting environment, and not everyone is fortunate enough to be in that type of environment so i mean i can understand sometimes you're just trying you're just staying in the closet to to feel safe in everyday life you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i was always fortunate of course there's always the initial coming out generally i don't know what it's like for kids these days because i don't i mean how many really they don't even friends like a lot of them like they don't even have to come out it's just not a thing well they can come out but like it's not as big. I mean, of a I'm, deal I know the that impression it's, that I get. It's not. It's it's different. It's dif- but it's depends much more from situation to situation. It's much I more think. talked about now. Mm-hmm. Like my sister has two kids, and she's you know, sexuality and stuff like that was like talked about, and she's like you know, and, and if you know, it doesn't matter if you love boys or girls. Either one is fine. You don't have to choose. And. If you know, we'll love you no matter what when they're like six, seven, eight years old. I mean, that's good. That's the time. Yeah. So it's like their whole the whole life is your whole life is the time. So yeah. So I mean, that type of environment. I mean, I didn't grow up in that type of environment. You know, yeah, like, me neither. I grew up <clears> but when I did tell my mom that I was gay, she was like, "I love you. I accept you." You know. But before that, I mean, I grew up in actually a very conservative Christian Southern Baptist yes. um, family, and I I used to go to church all the time um, when I was younger. And then I actually my parents got divorced, and we kind of st- stopped going to church as much. And then when I came out, I was like, I'm not going to church anymore because mm. I was like, I just don't feel like accepted there. I don't feel comfortable. And I'm not going to change who I am so that, that I can be accepted by this church, you know? I wasn't out at home. I was out at school and with my friends. Uh-huh. But, and I was out to my mother, but I didn't live with my mother. I lived with my father. Right. And he was you very see. anti-gay growing up. He actually said on more than one occasion, if you ever found out that one of his children was gay, that he'd probably kill them. Oh, wow. So I was, that's what I grew up with. Right. Um... So you just put your pumps in your backpack. No, I did. Well, I didn't. I did change at school. Wow. I started dressing really crazy. Like I like I like to call my high school um, ensemble choices. I like to call the overall look thrift store eyesore because it was about it was the time of it was like a 60s. There was a 60s revival going on in the 90s. It was very like with delight and all that madness happening. Yeah. So we would I was wearing platforms, uh-huh. bell bottoms, uh ugly pointy colored shirts, shirts, ugly yeah. button up shirts, stuff like that. I used to kind of get and into the thing, that too. And I got away with it because I the rest of my brothers, like half brothers and sister, were all raised in the sixties and seventies. And they had giant afros and dressed just like that. 
And my dad <laughs> was not in touch with what was going on in the world. He didn't get the was, irony of what you he were didn't, doing. He now. didn't get it at all. He just thought that it was cool again. Uh-huh. He just thought that it was popular again. So I didn't even have to. Once I realized that he didn't have a problem with it, I didn't have to change at school anymore. I just started dressing that way, and he didn't even care. Wow. It was really weird. He wasn't the most attuned. Yeah. He very much lived in a world that he wanted. Yeah. And not what actually was happening. He was very much disconnected well, from reality. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, because at the same time, I wasn't out. I wasn't out to my dad. And <clears throat> when I moved to Grand Cayman in eleventh uh, grade, my mom moved to Grand Cayman from Cincinnati, Ohio, and I went with her. She made me. And then I actually had to go back in the closet because I was going to a Christian school, and yeah. we were also going to that church. My mom was. My mom's always been, gone to church. Church lady. And she wanted to go to this church because she loves. She's like more into the music of it than than anything, I think. But she made me go to church, and she she was directing the youth choir and made me be in the youth choir. And I basically had to go back in the closet after being out of the closet for two years. That sucks. And like not talk about it, even though I did tell you know people tell some people at my school or whatever. I was just like at that point, I was just like, yeah, and like. What? What are you going to do? Because I could totally own it. So it wasn't really something that they could make fun of me for. They'd be like, you're gay. And I'd be like, uh-huh. Yep. I, know. I know. You're right about exactly. that. So, so that was interesting. But still, it wasn't like at my uh, school in Cincinnati where I could actually be out and not, you know. I don't know. That was weird. And then when I went back to live with my dad my for my senior year of high school, I had a boyfriend. He totally like walked in on us like having sex not having sex making out but we were no like he'd spent the Dry night hunting in the and he walked in in the morning and we were like making cuddling your bed oh, and he was like you're not allowed to have boys or girls spend the night anymore <laughs> i was like oh, mm-hmm. so yeah um but uh i think coming out for us is like much more of a milestone the initial coming out than it is anymore I mean, I think it's still, it's a, still milestone a milestone for but I, people. I feel like it's probably because a it's little still, easier. Because it's easy. For a maybe lot of it's people. easier, maybe, depending on the situation that you're I think depend geographically as well. Because we saw that show. We saw that show that yeah. we were just we were talking it's about. True. I, we I, were I here. gotta remind myself and like, because I forget those that crazy the places religious, like that yeah. still exist. Those crazy religious people still exist. And um, you know, I don't wanna be like belittle the situation that is still going on. You know, because it does still happen. It still happens, and there's still a lot of people out there that are not. We still able got to a long themselves. way to go. Totally, we've got a long way to go, and we I re- have come far. Yeah, but we've got a long way to go. And yeah, I want to talk about that later because I realize that more and more as I express who I am and my queerness through my art. Yeah, you still see it. You still see the discrimination, the prejudice, the. Um, Fear, you know, it's still there. It's still there. As it's alive as, and well. As much as it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, it just went out of fashion. Um, but um, on that tip, yeah, the coming like coming out. Yes, initial. It's a big milestone, but there's also like a second coming out, or rather, maybe a coming in to culture, choosing mm. where you fit. Your arrival. Your arrival, the second coming out. Yeah. Uh, like I said, like choosing where you fit in. 
Um, and I remember very well that decision um, and the path that it put me on. For me... As a queen. As a queen, darling. Yeah. I mean, I had admired... Uh, I had tendencies to want to dress up like a lady uh, all throughout my entire life. Uh, as a child, I played dress up. Um, even as far as far back as I can remember, daycare. Um, I have a terrible memory of painting, of putting makeup on in daycare. This is like pre... This is pre kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Putting makeup on, doing the do, going in the dress up corner, and they would usually like put cold cream all over your face and wipe you down before they sent you home. But for some reason, what are one they day, kids makeup at daycare I for? I mean, there because there was dress up corner. What? There was like a dress up corner, and like with the girls makeup? would use it. Yeah, with makeup. That's crazy. Um, and they sent me home with makeup on my face. And my dad scrubbed my face with Noxema and a wire fucking brush. Miss Thing. Yeah. Girl. Yep, that happened. Uh, <laughs> Ow. I hadn't thought about that in a while. Jesus. Like I could have gone a little while, a while longer without thinking about it, but I just remembered. I just brought that up. Uh, but I have been, I've had tendencies for to want to dress like a lady. For my entire life, um, in high school, uh, I, when I was doing musical theater, I did musical theater for a, a, I did a summer at a summer stock theater called um, Seacoast Repertory Theater, and I did two plays, Tommy and Hare, um, and they also did during the run of those two shows, like that entire season, they would do Rocky Horror Picture Show mm-hmm. at night, and I made actually made costumes for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The first uh, go round, um, and I can even after I stopped doing shows there, I continued to come back to that theater and go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I would get ready. I would paint my face up. I remember I found a, a hole um, at a yard sale. I found a giant Mary Kay case, like a fully stocked Mary Kay case, <laughs> for like a dollar. Had every color in it. I didn't know how to use the makeup. Right. I used to put all this foundation on it and not use any powder. I have some pictures of me looking so oily and Ooh, greasy. Girl. I had no idea how to do makeup. Yeah. Anyway, but I used to go get dressed up and go to Rocky Horror Picture Show. So there was, um, uh, this has been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving to New York um, and going out for the first time and seeing the world that existed. I knew that what was happening because I was really into club kids because I'd seen them all on talk shows like Maury and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and all that shit. Um, so I knew that it existed and I actively sought it out. I wanted to be a part of it. Um, so the first time I went to a nightclub, I was hooked on nightlife. Mm-hmm. First club I went to was Tunnel. Um legendary New York City nightclub and it was absolutely amazing it was everything it was a, it was fantasy land yeah first that's the first club i went to in new york when i was when i went you went before i, I did i went when i was 16 i had a fake id from california when i had gone to san francisco earlier that year I had a fake ID. I went to New York with my friend for her NYU audition and they like put her up in this apartment for her audition so i went what? with her <clears throat> yeah and uh 
did ecstasy, found a guy, made out with him. It was great. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> Always wanted to move to New York before and after, but after that, even much even more. Even more. Much more. Um, yeah, but it's I interesting. Yeah, I chose yeah. uh, my tribe you wanted pretty to early be, on. I wanted to be a queen. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to dress up. I wanted to go out, and I wanted to be part of nightlife. Mm-hmm. So I actively pursued that. Yeah. I, uh, well, it's funny because you're talking about doing like wanting to dress up and stuff when you were younger and it's, and it almost like, I, I, I have to think about back to it because it wasn't really a big deal to me, but I used to dress up. I used to go into my mom's closet and wear her shoes. I would, I would come down and do a show for the family and my sister's dress. Like I used, and this was when I was four or five years old Mm -hmm. And I I loved it. I loved twirling around in the dresses and my dad would get all mad, but my mom and everybody else thought it was so cute. And Uh then I used to, you know, I was in the theater growing up. So wearing makeup and, and, and stuff like that and becoming something else was just what you did. And it wasn't really like seen as a, as a bad thing at all. And so doing drag was never really like a bad thing in my mind or something to be embarrassed about or whatever. It was like, Oh, this is fun. Let's just do this. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's like a game, you know? And, um, and I actually went to the Rocky game. It's a joke to you. It's a game. It's a joke. It's a game. It's funny. Um, um, but I actually went to the Rocky Horror Picture Show when I was 16. I went out to a thrift store and bought a wedding dress and this was on Halloween night. It's a rite of passage for a lot of queer people. Bought bought a wedding dress, and then like they did a costume contest before the show, and then I got to be in the show as the bride at the beginning of the movie. Oh, work. And so I thought that was cool, and I'd never even seen Rocky Horror Picture Show before. It was like something that my friend was like, we're going to go see Rocky Horror and blah, blah, blah. And um, fell asleep by the end of the movie, I'm for sure. I'm sure you did. but Because um, <laughs> it was a midnight performance. And... Um, yeah, but like I have always kind of like been in and out of drag casually. I love to do drag on Halloween. I mo- usually I was I would dress up as a amateur woman. night. Yeah. And um <laughs> but I've also done drag. I've also performed in drag. So I've gotten paid Halloween. to do drag. So queen you know. Halloween. Um I've I've done, you know, I did Dirty Disney and I did drag. Uh I've done drag f- for performing with other people in the past. So uh, you know, it was just never really like something that I wanted to do full time because I, first of all, hate all the preparation that it takes. Um, it is not fun to me. And, um, and I just never really took it that seriously. It was yeah. more like, I mean, I'll do drag. I have no problem with it. And I, you know, I, I feel my moans when I'm walking up in my pumps trust, but like, you know, it's Feeling just not, moans. it's not really... It wasn't something I want. I would. I would want to do full time. Yeah. Um, and also, I was all already like a performer as a man. So, you know, it's. It almost kind of seems like if you're going to be a drag queen, like a real drag queen, you yeah. need to kind of draw the line. Like, be like, I'm going to be a drag queen. That's going to be my performer persona, or I'm going to be, you know, for me, I'm going to be Adam Joseph at, as the male presenting singer. Yeah. Know? But I don't know. I mean, 
I thought about having an alter ego at one point. That you would did. be, and that would be kind of not in drag, like female drag, but like club kid drag. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost boy, I, I almost went that. I almost went that route, but um, you know, I'm glad I didn't because that's it's way so high maintenance just to go out and do a show. You got yeah, it's a lot of work. All your hours <laughs> and hours of preparation. It's a lot of and prep. Then you're all uncomfortable when it's you're a lot there, of prep time, and it's not and, always comfortable. It's very uncomfortable. Drag is not comfortable. It's not fun to be out for hours and hours and hours in drag. Although the older I get, the more comfortable I make it for myself. Yeah. Yeah. But still, it's just like... I'm the most comfortable now. My drag now, I've made to fit me, like to make my comfortability as high as it can possibly be. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean... and. To still maintain the cut. Right. It's a difficult balancing act, but I think I've gotten pretty good at it. Mm. It never used to be a concern. Well, when you're young, you don't care about being comfortable. Or I didn't anyway. But now I'm... uh, There's certain points that I won't go past. Like, I won't go any lower than five inches on my heels. I just can't do it. I don't feel my moans. I don't feel cut in anything... I don't feel cut in anything lower than five inches. I just don't. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, But... You know, it's what yeah, was the I, point I, of all that? I think the point which, of all that oh, we're we, were about, about, we were talking about we were talking about the second not just coming, coming out, out the second coming out second coming out of is being like a straight up your tribe of being a straight up like faggot for me straight up faggot straight like, up faggot yes for girl for sure because you can get into there's it. a certain point where you you do uh, a speech I, I can't speak for anyone of another generation than myself. But for me, I think in a lot of people in my generation, uh, being gay was a lot, is a lot more than just who you have sex with. Yeah. It's It's a a cultural identity. It's a cultural thing. It's a cultural identity and you have to, and there are tribes within that culture and And, there's the point where you got to choose your tribe. And especially in, or where we did, we chose our tribe in New York, um, which was nightlife. (laughs) Yeah. More specific, like nightlife faggots. You know, and there's, I mean, there's gay guys that want to appear straight acting. I'm giving air quotes, straight acting, or they, they want to be unclockable, you know, and I think we, once we got to the point or, or I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I don't care if people know that I'm gay just by looking at me. Like that's who I am. Back and that was day. a big liberation for, for me. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm not worried about this anymore. I don't care. Like, oh, if you think I look gay, then like that's your, that's who cares? You know, like, yes, that, that's because that's what I am. You know, back in the day that we made categories, our own, tri- our tribe, our, our specifically our our friend group made categories and they went as follows <laughs> there were gays well let's go from one end to the other there were homosexuals homosexuals gays and faggots right homosexuals were butch real straight acting didn't really want to have anything to do maybe came went out once in a while Mm-hmm. didn't want to really didn't uh didn't, didn't carry on didn't want to appear effeminate uh maybe was a republican something like that right those are homosexuals i can fit in with the guys yeah these were these were the these were just the categories that we had for ourselves and then there were the gays which was pretty much your regular out and proud 
uh, Jack McFarlane's. Does that make sense to you? Uh-huh. You know, like jeans, button downs, Liza, loafers, Liza, yeah, stereotypical, yeah, uh, stereotypical gays, and then there were faggots, which I was one of, right? And so in New York, that that meant a knowledge, specifically a knowledge of nightlife and the New York ball scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Ball knowledge scene? of I don't know not if I ball scene. Or ball. I would say, well, yes, the I mean, gay that's culture, the, the gay, the Queen's English, Queen's the... English. It's a it's very specific, like tribe though, mm-hmm. and it does have a lot to do with the ball scene. The Queen's English that's where comes it started, from, comes right? From the ball yeah, scene. That's where it started. But like we weren't in and, the ball scene, and no, we weren't in the ball scene. But nightlife was very much influenced. But by it the was ball the ball scene. scene culture. It was or the, the ball language scene culture. The... We had a lot of friends that were in the ball scene. Yes. Um. And we kind of lusted after the ball scene to oh, the yeah. point of watching Paris is Burning a thousand right. times. And we were obsessed able- with voguing and everything to do with the ball scene, but we never really went to balls. No. Because well, for me, uh, my house, House of Aviance, um, is a d- doesn't show walk. business house. Yeah, we're a show house. We don't do, I, I always said, it's not, and some people think it's shady, it's not shady. Uh, I always called Aviance a working house. Um, yeah, because mostly, well, Mother Juan, the mother of the house, current reigning, uh, did not, didn't want us to walk balls because they had become dangerous. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's why we never went to them because they were uh, not, mother didn't let, wouldn't let us go. Kind of shady, like people put locations in, like, and, squirt and guns people and, and yeah, craziness. Um, and also, I think more so than the danger factor, Mother didn't like the way that balls had become, uh, the way the judging system had, um, what it had become. Right. Which was basically a predestined outcome. Uh-huh. He, she thought that there was a lot of unfairness right. in the ball scene. Um, and I don't know, I'll tell you this, I don't know if you know this, but Aviance was a protest house anyway. Aviance came about really because the DC houses at the time were segregated by race. Oh, um, uh, and Aviance was the one of the first, the first house that had people of different races in it, mm-hmm. and also um, was kind of the the first house to really thumb their nose at the seriousness of how serious the ball scene had become. Right. Like mother would tell stories about back in the day, her walking balls and she'd be walking with her sister and they'd just sit down in the middle of the runway and start playing jacks. <laughs> Shit like that. Like it was mother Juan is a key key. She girl. is a key, key girl. Shout out to you. Mother Juan. Oh my God. She's an amazing person. Um, and I met her very early on in New York. Yeah. Um, because all of the, I kind of sought it, out i wanted to be a part of it because all of the parties that i was was going to um all of the most amazing all the fiercest queens that i had seen were aviance queens Mm. all the ones that i wanted i was like that bitch i want to be like that bitch Mm -hmm. they were all aviance all of the ones that i looked up to so there was really the only logical place for me to go and i made friends with mother juan at an after hours called audio nasty was that over by the time you got there? Yeah. 
Girl, oh, there were some legendary after hours, but there was one, this one after hours called Audio Nasty where, uh, you know, we were far too young to be attending, obviously, and we had school in the morning, but we were young <laughs> and we could do it. Um, and that's that was the party that I really got to know Mother Juan and eventually became Aviance. Anyway, faggotry in New York City right. was very closely tied to the ball scene and Queen's English. Mm-hmm. And uh, a deeper knowledge of gay culture. Right, and appreciation. Appreciation for f- the fringes of gay culture. Yes. Not just what was mainstream gay culture right. at the time. So that's what the faggotry entails. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I knew that uh, that's what that's where I wanted to go pretty much immediately. But there was, this is a great story. There's a, tell the story, Carl. There's a good story. There was a turning point for you, was there not? There was a turning point for me. When I was starting to hang out with, <clears throat> I was with Dave Brophy and Gus and... I don't know. Musicians. Like I was with musicians and I don't even know who we were hanging out with that. But I mean, we had just started, we were in New York, we're around the scene, but we went to Fire Island one weekend and we were doing, uh, we were dropping acid. Mm -hmm. And so we dropped acid on Fire Island. (laughs) And at the beginning of the trip, um, we were just kind of joking around and be like, oh, hey, girl, and like, Miss Thing. And like, because we never really talked like that. But then as as we were tripping, we continued to talk like that. Miss Thing, yes, we're carrying on, blah, blah, blah. And we're like using all these words that we had heard other people use. Yes. And Queen's ever, English. Ever, the Queen's English, Girlingo. And ever since that night, I've never <laughs> talked the same in my life. <laughs> I mean, psychedelics will it, do that it, to you. It changed me. It opened it changed, the door. It unlocked a door in your mind. It unlocked a door. And, the door to faggotry. And, yeah. And she's been carrying ever since. I mean, um, um, there so are still are some people, well, we use the word faggot pretty freely. Right. Um, that's something that we have reclaimed for ourselves and yeah. something that New York nightlife specifically, New York, I think it's pretty New York centric. I think they're not so much. It's it's it does exist on the West Coast, but not as much. New York City has reclaimed the word faggot. Right. Um, we use it uh, all the time to describe ourselves mm-hmm. and others of the same ilk. Right. It's something that we have reclaimed. There are people that disagree. You are entitled to your opinion. I uh, have owned that word for myself, and I use it all the time. Mm-hmm. You do as well. Right. Yeah, to describe myself and others of my ilk. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's empowering. Um, I'm completely comfortable. I think I, it feels to me empowering, right? Um, to take a word of oppression um, and own it and own it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that was like my second coming out. I feel like was when I could really when you chose <laughs> your tribe. When I chose my tribe, and and I was, you know, it was like for us. The gayer you were, the cooler the cooler you were. You know what yeah. I mean? Like in our it was like, sphere. It was like how gay can you get? You know, how crazy, like out there, extreme. Eccentric. The most extent extre- extreme people were like considered the coolest for sure. Mm-hmm. And Gerlingo so, gets where very deep in New York City. Yeah. It even uh there's 
friend group specific girlingo that arises as well. Yeah. It's just and it feel it just makes you it draws you deeper into the community because you can literally have a, com- a conversation in front of people who aren't initiated into the culture. They have no idea what the fuck you're talking well, about. Well, that's what it's for. So and that's can, what it's for. You can kiki um, on a... Co- I mean, on a, that's on, how it became can about. kiki on some code. tray without him clocking spooking your, your tea, girl. You're spooking your tea, honey. You can kiki on some tray without him spooking your tea. I feel like most people in America could tell you what that phrase means now. Now. now but there not was a time... 10 years ago. No, there was a time when they could not. No, man. Um... And also, there's the ubiquitous girl. Yeah, you can have a whole. I could have a whole conversation with someone and only use the word girl. Girl, 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 girl. <laughs> exactly. You can have a whole conversation. You guys understood that, right? Of course, you can hear. You can have a whole conversation only using the word girl, and that girl is also a very New York thing. Yeah, girl, and yeah, and Miss Thing. Miss Thing, Miss Thing, Miss Thing, Miss. My Miss my personal thing. yeah, my personal favorite is the disgusted Miss Thing. <laughs> Miss Thing. <laughs> oh, that is my favorite yeah. one. I still I use that one a lot. You do. It's the only one like I Miss. Yeah. Thing. Miss Thing. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. I love Curlingo. I love Me it so too. much. If you guys want to see um, a YouTube series about. The Queen's English, aka Girlingo. You can watch my YouTube show on the Hey Queen channel called Queen's English. And that's Queen spelled Q W E E N Z. Yeah. Because Queen. it's extra gay that way. It's extra gay that way. It's um, a great show. You should yeah, watch. Yeah. Erica's on it too. I'm on it too. It's really and we fun. sing songs, Sesame Street style, about the Queen's English. Do you know the Queen's English? <laughs> Work, Miss Thing. You're so fierce. Do you remember that one? Yes. Okay. Anyway. So what um where where do we go from here? <laughs> do you know where you're going to? Um, I think we do. We know where we're going most of the time. Uh <laughs> do we? Do we? I think we can I think we can from there talk about like being queer artists yeah right like how does our queerness impact uh what we've presented to the world in through our art and i think that for me uh it's probably the single biggest influence on what i put out into the world yeah i mean like if you weren't queer there's you would be nowhere near you wouldn't be doing anywhere near what you're doing right now. No, I don't think. Or I, for I, your entire career. Uh, yeah, I, well, I wouldn't have been exposed to the culture that created my artistic sensibilities. Really, right? Yeah, I don't. It wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Um, I mean, the like culture. Said, the culture is basically your biggest muse. Yeah, queer, um, like queer culture is definitely one of my biggest muses. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and the same for me. More, more so later in my career, um, but you know, e- even I mean, I was an out artist from the very beginning because before my first album even came out, um, I got interviewed by Out Magazine, and they did like a full page spread um, in two thousand three to promote my album release, because and they they coined me as like the first 
out neo soul singer when I was releasing oh, my first album. And um, so that was just kind of like, I never, I didn't even, I mean, it wasn't like a strategic thing to be like an out artist. It was just like, well, I am out and I'm, da- I'm making this album. So of course, you know, like I'm not going to act like I'm straight so that I can whatever fit in or be more popular or whatever that is. And it actually, in the end, being an out artist has helped me find my audience and find like, you know, my place in the music industry. I don't know what I would do if I was a straight artist and like a straight indie artist. Like, I don't even know. Like, I would, that's the thing. It's difficult like, to even conceptualize. Yeah. Like you can't, it's hard to, you can't divorce the two from each other, you yeah. know, like my queerness and my art are both such a huge, are both me. Yeah. Like I am. And I think that, that like, like I just, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not just something that I do. It's who I am. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like all the, you know, when you're an out artist, no, doesn't matter. Doesn't even matter what type of music you're doing, but there's, you know, that venue of like you're going to get press from LGBT publications, uh-huh. and you know, like we had our videos on logo because we were out artists. Mm-hmm. Um, we play at Pride festivals because we're out artists. Yeah, um, you know, so it was like hand in hand. Really, I mean, there's no separating that. And um, yeah, there's no separating it. Our careers are intimately tied. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of artists that are are gay and maybe even out, but they don't want anything. They don't want that to have anything to do with their. I art. think that's a good point. I like we both. Yeah, I want. It I to think have it's important to do with my art. I do too. I think it's very important for queer people to make to create for queer people. Yeah, I think it's incredibly important. I think it's just as important now, maybe more so important because of the homogenization that is the so, like that is in vogue right now. Becoming mainstream. Yeah, gayness becoming mainstream. Uh queerness. Queerness. Um becoming mainstream. Uh like like I think, 14 year old girls, 14 year old straight girls being like, yes, mama, I work. Like, it's so weird to see. There's yes. like, like my, my, my niece who is like eight years old, uh, gave me a book, like, like a diary book, like a, that said yas on the cover for oh. Christmas. And I'm just so like, crazy. the fact that this exists shows how far we've come. I agree. But we still have a long way to go. We have a long way to go. But it's just like... And I think that it's the funny future because, that I want to see, yeah. the future that I want to see involves the furthering of queer culture as well. Like mm-hmm. alongside of culture, not 
queer culture being absorbed. Yeah. Not taking the good, by, fun parts of queer culture and then still being grossed out by two guys holding hands yeah. walking outside because that's what's happening. That you is know? what's happening. It's like, oh, we want to take the cool parts of queer culture, but we but don't want to We don't want to think with... about two guys actually having sex with each other or a or man dressed up as a woman or, yeah, you know. Or anything, that, or not, still not having to, you want to absorb the fun things yeah. and not have to deal and not challenge yourself. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it really showed. That's what it seems it like. It really showed to for me. me. I think it's, and, and and this it's, is really, it's very disheartening. This is really frustrating for me. Um, and it really, like the, you know, homophobia really has shown its face with, with me working with other artists, um, straight artists, and even some gay artists. Because... Um, if you don't know, like most of the music that I've created in the last few years has been extremely gay. You know, it's I have songs called Size Queen. I have song, songs called um, Deity, Daddy, you know. And I've worked with producers that did not want their names attached to the songs. Mm-hmm. I made music videos for the songs and the, they wanted their name attached to the song before they saw the music video and then they saw the music video and the fact that it had gay content in it, they were like, Oh, well I don't need to be associated with that anymore. And I'm just like, okay, so, so you want to work with me as an artist and you know, you in your videos, you can, you can express yourself. But when I try to express myself in, in a video that for a song that we're working on together and it happens to be something with gay connotations Oh, then that's not okay anymore because yeah. now you're tied to that, and you don't want to. You don't want people thinking that you're mm-hmm. associated with a faggot. Like, oh, okay, like mm-hmm. interesting, but you still want me to perform with you when I'm not going to talk about that kind of stuff. Okay, like, I think it's 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 and this problem. is this is like in the past two years. Yeah, you know, and that's that type of stuff is like. It's just it just goes to show. Like, sure, they can they can say, "Oh, I'm totally cool with gay guys." Blah 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 blah. But when when it really comes down to it, there's a lot of people out there that you think that they're cool with you, but when it goes to reflect upon them, they shut it down. Yeah, and that's and where it's that's like when the it, when their when their loyalty is tested. I think most of the time they're going to fold and they're going to be like, Oh no, 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 we're not doing that. We're not, I don't want to be associated with that. I'm okay with what you do in the privacy of your own home or what you do with your own art. But when it has my name attached to it, that's a different story. And I think it's just, I mean, and even gay yeah, artists, from, yeah, from even experience. gay artists were like, it's a little gay. Like, I don't know if we really, I don't know if I want people looking at me like that, you know? And I'm like, okay, so, you're out, you know, people know you're gay, but there's still some type of problem. I think there's a, there's a camp factor where if you, you know, you start talking about being gay, then, you know, you're, it almost like makes you maybe not so serious of an artist. Less serious of an artist. Yeah. Which I think is totally fucked up. Because, fucked up. Because Britney Spears- And it Spears, is still very much it, that way. Britney Spears- When straight artists- Britney Embrace. Spears is expressing her sexuality, got a hundred guys rubbing all over her. Great. But 
if I did that, then it's camp and it's not, he's not a serious artist because he's expressing his sexuality and, you know, showing a vulnerable place for him. And, but now we're not going to respect him as an artist. Like it's, it's fucked up. It's really fucked up. And that's still very much where we are. And it just goes to show you that's, that's the homophobia that people don't maybe see every day, but when you really get, when you push it, it's the, the homophobia comes out real quick. And this is, this isn't, this is kind of a point I wanted to make about the absorption of queer culture, like, uh, into mainstream pop culture. Uh, you know, I hate the phrase. We're all more the same than we are different. Hmm. It really bothers me uh, because it's not true <laughs> at all. Well, there, the it difference depends is, on no, how, the depends on how is, you're looking at it. This is it depends on what you mean by no the same and different. I, I no, I to mean me. the tr- like the actual definitions of same and different. Right, we're more the same than we are different. That is not true. We are all well, people, spe- people in a specific come, way. Yes, yes, it's not true. I'm, t- I'm getting specific, but girl. In a general way, I think it. I think no, it is true. It is not true. We're all seeking love and saying acceptance. That, saying that no, you know, here's where no. I think it's not true, and it is a dangerous concept because, and it's a concept that a lot of people have, and they think it, that it's helpful. I completely disagree. It's not. It doesn't get us any closer to where we need to be. It doesn't promote understanding when you say that we're all the more we're, we're more the same than we are different that disregards everyone's personal that to for disregards everyone's story that you're completely disregarding what your story is when you say something like that it, to me this is how it comes across to me mm. and i think it's dangerous i think that what is more beneficial is to celebrate difference. I am someone, there could not be more like more difference between, do you know, between me and certain people. Mm-hmm. I am very different from almost everyone. There's a very small group of people that I am even remotely similar to in any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people have neon orange eyebrows yes i do have lovely neon orange <laughs> eyebrows at the moment that's but like you guys got to watch on youtube but i was i wasn't like starting a really good rant i mean i think i think me. what you're saying i think what you're saying is true but at the no, same time depending is, on no, how you look this at is it what we are all seeking I'm, I, the what same i'm saying thing in the is end. what i want to say is this i think that it is a dangerous concept and i think that we need to move away from it I think that we need to move towards celebrating difference, not looking for similarities. I am very different from almost everyone else in the world. In, in as many ways as you can possibly be different, I am. And there are many people who are very different from everyone else. We are not the same. And that is okay. That is totally fine because that's right. the way we were made. That is natural. Right. Difference is natural. There's nothing more natural than people being extremely different from one another. Mm-hmm. And I think it's difference just, yeah. should be celebrated. And I think people, it's like this panoply. It's like this, you know, 
this uh, platitude, this thing that people say, we are more the same than we are different. We are not. And that is okay. I am not the same as you, girl. <laughs> you are not the same as me. I am not the same as many, many people. There are very few, like I'll, I said it before and I'll say it again, there are very few people in yeah. this world that I would consider even remotely similar to myself in the way that I think and the way that I feel. Mm-hmm. And that is totally fine. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Yeah. It is inspiring and it is natural. It is the way that the world was created. It is the way, there's nothing more natural than difference. Yeah. It's true. And there's, no, and I think difference, I think we need to move away from trying to find similarities. I think we need to move towards celebrating yeah. difference. Well, it's, yeah, it's easier for people to understand similarities than, than differences. So I think that's why you're, we're going down to lowest common denominator. No, but there for are fewer. Th- yes, but the thing is, you got to make there it are real so simple for things, people to understand because most people are There are so are few things smart. between that are similar between me and most people that when you look for those things, it's a it's in and of itself a fallacy because what you're seeing doesn't really exist. Like what you're seeing, like someone who has no concept of my culture, of where I'm from, of where I've been, of my skin color, of what it's like to walk in my shoes. Mm-hmm. Them looking for some sort of similarity, they're not even they're not really going to find one. So they're going to imbue me with a characteristic that they can identify with that may not even be that might not even exist within me. Right. I think that we need to move away from that concept. I don't think it helps anybody or anything when you say we're more the same than we are different because it's just not fucking true. We're not. I think we're it- all extremely different and like sociologically <sighs> speaking, it's it does nothing yeah. for to move the conversation forward. And I think what it I think it hurts. I think it harms. This is me this is a me state. This is an I statement. I'm talking from myself. I feel that it harms more than it helps. I think that looking for similarities harms more than it helps because half the time you're imbuing someone with a characteristic that they don't even have because you can't conceive of... I think what would be more helpful would be to identify difference and celebrate it as something that is natural and is to be celebrated. Yeah, And... To dive in, right? Take take that difference. Learn about it. Yeah. Don't try to make it this. Don't try to relate it to yourself mm-hmm. because it might not be relatable. But that doesn't make it any less valid, and that doesn't make it any less natural. I and think, I think the, that the concept that you're talking about is probably a little bit over a lot of people's heads. I don't I think you're giving and people I think far, that, I think that you're giving people I think less credit. When than people they say we're all we're more the same than different, to me that means you know we're all seeking to live a good life. We all you know want to be loved, we want to be comfortable, we want to be safe, we want to you know, and that's the thing that like instead of villainizing people and thinking like they're just out to get me, you know, uh, when you don't even know anything about an entire race, an entire culture or whatever, you know, I think that's where that comes into play. I know very well what people think they're doing. I just, I'm saying that I disagree. 
That's all I'm saying. I disagree that it's helpful. I don't think it is because it puts you in a place. Well, I think, uh, but I think you're talking not, about not understanding we're talking about similarities and difference, different similarities and different differences. You know what I mean? Because there are basic things that mm, uh, pretty much every human wants. So you can't. That's not. I don't think that's true either. <laughs> well, everybody wants a roof over their head. Everybody wants, you know. Yes, but the, we're talking about people. I'm talking about moving the human race forward, Adam Joseph. I'm talking big. I know, but uh, yeah, you're, t- I'm but talking you're talking about more getting specific. to a future. But yeah, we do need to understand. But we I'm do not need to talking, understand I'm there's talking a, about our differences and we can celebrate the differences. That's basically exactly what I'm saying with like the people that I've worked with that are, you know, all of a sudden changing their minds in a project when they're like, oh, wait, you're going to celebrate how yes. you're different than me? Thank you. That's I don't a great, know about that's that. That's a great example. You know what I mean? I don't know if saying, I'm but comfortable with yes, that. People are like, we're all the same and it stops there. Right. And that doesn't get you anywhere. You haven't gotten anywhere. You haven't done any work. You haven't tried to understand someone else. Yeah. You've just decided without any knowledge of them that they are the same as you are. They're the same. Which and is then bullshit. when they do something different, and then, you then freak when they out. do exactly <laughs> when they do when they do something different, then you freak yeah. out. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I agree with that too. Okay. Thank you. I was just, you know, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about it as, you know, because literally, like, you, you know, people, I, what I've noticed, especially from traveling so much, and you go to like these other countries, and like the Polish people hate the German people, the German people hate the Polish people, and 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 the people from from uh, New Jer- from from New York hate the people from New Jersey, and it's like the closer you get. The, the the more people hate each other for absolutely no reason. And it's like, you guys are the same. You know what I mean? Like, you guys literally live in, like, two miles of each other. And you think that there's some big difference between all of you, you know? And I that's something I saw when I went outside of the United States and could, like, enter a culture that I wasn't, you know, really familiar with that's and i'm like I'm saying and i'm like wow that's this where is hilarious like comes these people to play you know these people from 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 like literally like i'm on the better side of the street at the at the end of the day it's like no you guys I'm all live on the same street you know a shift in perspective in perspective on difference i'm talking about a massive what we need is a massive cultural shift in what the pers- on a perspective on what difference well, means. Yeah. We need a lot of things, that's for sure. <laughs> that's where I'm coming from. Um, and and, and yeah. saying that everyone is the same different strokes get us there. for different folks. I have to remind myself that all the time because I get it I have I'm very I have very large tendency to think why isn't everyone thinking the same way I'm thinking? And they're you know they're wrong because I'm right. But I have to remind myself that there's all kinds of different people out there and everybody does things differently and there's not only one way of doing everything right. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. I have to remind myself because I think it's my natural, it's human nature. <laughs> you know, it's human nature for me to be like, well, I'm doing it this way, so why aren't you doing it that way? Yeah. You're obviously... You are very much like that. that. And it's, it's interesting because I'm very not like that to the extreme. I can see every side of every situation mm-hmm. to the point where it's difficult for me to decide sometimes. Sometimes? All the time. <laughs> it's difficult for me to decide all You're the like time. You're like anti-decision. I'm anti-decision. I'm all, like, I can see 
good like good perspectives bad perspectives i can see all of that things all of those things all at the same mm-hmm. time so that's where we differ and that's you know that's kind of what i was trying to get across is like i think i'm these different things, i'm different and that's okay <laughs> and that's oh okay. i'm not the same as you you ain't the same as me but guess what Ain't nobody the same as nobody else. And that's natural. Right. That's the way the world is. And that's what we need to accept in order to move for- forward as a society. And I will get down off of my soapbox right. right now. Miss Gandhi. <sighs> Do you think that you would be where you are if you weren't queer? Uh, Do you mind if I say that? You said that you have a problem with that queer earlier. No, I didn't Do say I, I don't have a problem with it. I said it, it, it triggers a you know past like bully. If it's super like, triggering for you, then I'll endeavor to. No, stop I don't care. I'm it. all. I'm everything: queer, gay, faggot, all that. Okay, cool. It's not a big deal to me. But if you do, if you, if, you, if you if you were not, do you think that you would be in the same place? Well, obviously not. Look at this bedspread that I'm sitting on. <laughs> <laughs> Does this look like a straight man's bedspread, girl? It does not so. look like a straight man's bed spread. Um, no, I mean I don't know. I don't know. I'd be a totally different person. Yeah, it's that's probably what wouldn't be living with another man. Probably. What I don't know. You might. No, straighties get married and stuff. At the, at our age, yeah, you're right. You'd be married already. Um, and uh, yeah, like everything that I've done and all the art that I make now is a direct reflection of gay culture. So, you know, it's about expressing myself as a gay man and it's about carrying on the gay culture of, you know, bitch tracks and house music and, you know, so, I mean, I've incorporated a lot of gay culture into the art that I create, Mm -hmm. into the person that, into the person that I am, into the, you know, my hobbies, my everything, you know, like. I, I think it's funny when I, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've heard gay guys being like, well, you know, I mean, I'm gay, but like, it's not, doesn't define me, you know? And I'm like, as some sort of negative thing, like, right? As identifying, and I'm as like, identifying with gay culture is some sort yeah. of, I'm makes like, well, you, I mean, it less of an individual. It does define me. I mean, whatever. I think there are it's a lot worse of, things to be defined by. Darling. I mean, like, <laughs> you know. I don't know. If, I mean, for, I like to me, do. I, I like to do like things that aren't queer specific as well. A few things, but a few for the things. most part, for the most part, gay, gay, gay. Yeah, I agree. Same. If I, I can't even imagine. There's no, there's no separating me from my queerness. I mean, there just isn't. Um, it is me. I mean, the culture. But there's no separate taking me out of the culture that I've chosen, the tribe that I've chosen. There's no, it is me. Right. I have found I mean, it's become what, your personality. Yeah. Like, this is who we are because this is how we grew up, you know, like in our early adult years. Yeah. So it's just, it's. I, th- I know that there are a lot of different perspectives out there on this sort of subject. We're why you gotta be of, so gay, Erica? Why you gotta be so gay? We're just coming from a place of like our experiences and how queerness relates to our journey as artists. Right. Um, it's we're very, it's a very, gay. yeah, we're soups gay. Soups queer. And soups happy about it. Soups happy about it. There's actually a, a wonderful, um, 
Gloria? Article. No. <laughs> a wonderful series of articles that if you haven't read, you should. I have one on me and a couple of a, a lot of artists, uh, specifically nightlife related in New York City. It's called uh, After Dark. Yeah, it's called After Dark. Um, it's for Huffington Post. It's for Huff Post by James Michael Nichols. And he does, it's a series of 30 interviews that he did for people across uh, New York City and nightlife. I did one and, uh, and our Who Is She of the Week did one as well. Who is she? Um, but yeah, if you are interested in this, that sort of thing, that I would suggest reading that series of articles called After Dark and HuffPost, Queer Voices. Um, what did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you said I had a queer voice. I can't believe you you oh, call me I. <laughs> gay. Soups gay. <laughs> who is she? Ha, 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 ha. Who is she? Oh, girl, who is she? Who is she? she? But who is she? She. She's a he. She is a he. She's a he this week, darling. <laughs> She's a he this week. I don't know. Do you know this she? I know. I I know him. I mean, I know who he is, but I um I don't know if we've like ever talked or anything. I could because every time I saw him, we were in the middle of a very crowded uh, nightclub. Aha. Uh-huh. Anyway, the our she this week is Muffinhead. Yes. I mean, you can't forget her once you see her. That's for sure. No. Muffinhead is an amazing... It's hard to describe. Uh, I guess people describe him as Lee Bowery-esque. He's an artist. Mm-hmm. He's a visual artist and a, performing, a performance artist. Um... He started as a visual artist uh, when he moved to New York. He was doing, he still does visual art, like paintings and stuff like that. But he uh, started creating outlet, like lavish um, sculptural outfits for himself. Um, Major looks. Like installation size looks uh, using a very, um, you know, muffin head specific palette of colors and materials mm-hmm. he's created an, a very recognizable uke for himself can maybe you should give him the insta so they can start looking at pictures you can start looking at now it's muffinhead nyc on insta yeah if you want to start scrolling through whilst we speak of him <laughs> um so you can get an idea of what she looks she like get into all these luke starling. starling muffinhead nyc but he's also um, in like a artist mm-hmm. a uh, visual artist he's also a visual artist um, and he makes but he makes all of these amazing elaborate costumes I remember the first time that I worked with him he worked for Suzanne Barsh a lot mm-hmm. with me in New York at a lot of Suzanne Barsh parties um, the first time we ever spent any time together I had seen him around was for a fourth of, no for a New Year's in Miami where he was standing in the middle of a pool on a platform and the entire pool was covered in balloons 
And they were like, like the balloons were his dress. He uses balloons a lot, actually, in his um his art and in his looks. Rubber queen. She's rubber queen. <laughs> um, but actually, not a queen at all. He's a heterosexual a man. A heterosexual. Which is cra- it's kind of crazy and not What's something that, that I knew. <laughs> I, I assumed that he was a faggot. Right. Because... Of because he's his, hanging out with a bunch of faggots. He's hanging out with a bunch of faggots. And he's in I would say that crazy he's, I would say that he's outfit. definitely queer, uh, but not necessarily gay. Yeah. Uh, he was married to a woman. Uh, he likes he the poussoir. Yes. When you moved to NYC, he's sweet as pie, a wonderful human being. Uh, I've worked with him for years. Uh, we've done many parties together, uh, and I'm always inspired. I find his art to be tremendously inspiring. Um, I've always really, really wanted him to make me something uh, for me to wear, but it just never happened. Um, yeah, I just mean, because I could definitely the, see you in something like the that. Stu- the amount of work that goes into his lukes, it's not you can't. It's not something that I could just be like, girl, could you make me something real quick? Yeah. I'd have to pay for it, and mm-hmm. I didn't have money <laughs> like that <laughs> when I was there. But in the future, I don't know if I ever had something really special to go to. I would. Um, he does these amazing. What I've always wanted. He does these amazing molded plexi uh, glasses and headpieces. Mm, yeah, Suzanne has worn them multiple times, and he does this really. He does uh, molded plexi corsets as well that are spectacular. I mean, the looks that he creates are ornate, spectacular. Um, and if you want, if you're really gagging for them, uh, you could support a bitch uh, and go to muffinheadland.com. That's muffinheadland.com. And she got a boutique on there. You get, she's, you get you some uh, crazy glasses. You get, she makes these really cool lightning bolt ties. Um, I've actually would probably, that was something that you probably would like. I know. I want to look and check this out. You I should check it out. You haven't yet. seen it. She's got some really cute stuff on there. Um, but yeah, that's our who is she of the week. Or she is a he, and its name. That's is, a man. It's, and Maury. its name is Muffinhead. <laughs> it's more of an it, honestly, <laughs> because when you see her in the club, you're just like, "What the f?" It's funny. Is that people a man? Is that a woman? Is that a? Is that a like a? Sometimes is that a creepy clown? Yeah. Um, and he also dresses very sometimes club kid. Other. Uh, people similarly to him and they'll go as a group which is extremely impactful and uh, scary but yeah check out Muffinhead NYC on Insta and mm. MuffinHeadLand.com and get into the get into get into it get into it did Peppermint remember that Peppermint outfit that she wore on Drag Race do you think he made that I don't remember what it looked like I could tell you if it it looked you exactly like something he wore. It's very possible. They're fr- they know each other. Because there was a Club Kid challenge, and Peppermint came out in like all peppermint. It was like all white and red. White and red stripe? Well, yeah. that's one of his signature. It was basically like kind of that outfit. In one of his, that's one of if, his signature I wonder if looks. he actually made that. He probably did. Because that did not look like something Peppermint normally wears. He probably did. He makes a lot of wonderful looks for a lot of uh, people in nightlife. Yeah. I myself have never had one created for me, She's but maybe a little change. Pleasure, maybe a little change in the future. So check her out. She's wink, wink, un- nudge, nudge. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. She's uh, an amazing artist. She, he, it is an amazing artist. 
They. They. <laughs> I guess that's a, they works better in a situation like this. Instead of it. Yeah. I like it. I like, I mean, know, I personally could like, become across, I like calling myself an it. It could become across I think it's negative, funny. I guess. Oh, yeah. So check them out and get inspired. Muffinheadland.com. Muffinhead NYC on He's Insta. got some fierce stuff on here. So check it out, y'all. Oh, she's fees. Oh, she's fees. What have you done for you lately? Done for you lately. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I'm all warmed okay. up because I was singing this morning, girl. You were doing a lot of singing I was up in here. Screaming into that microphone, girl, so for like screaming. hours and hours. Woo! Recording vocals is not easy. I just want y'all to know it's like. It's honestly, I don't like to do it. <laughs> I love to perform. It's hard. I love to perform live. Me too. But I do not enjoy. I don't look forward to going into the studio and recording vocals because it's just such a final thing, too. It's very like final. you have a good day, you great. Really you have a bad really day, precise. You got to do it again. You know, um, live. It's like. Live, it's, it's, it's weird. totally different. It's so different. It's like chatting with somebody and going on an actual date with them. You know, yeah. you can tell lots of different things just by being there. Anyway, <laughs> I've you know that's what I was doing all morning, and <clears throat> my voice is a little tired. Um, but what I know what you've done. But what have you done for you lately? lately. Do well, do I link? Um, I we've done some stuff. We've for done some stuff for us. What have us done, done for, for us lately? For them lately? What has us done for them lately? <laughs> um, us has done for them. We spent some money. We spent a little bit of money, not a not as much as I would have thought. On uh, shit is cheap. It's cheap to start a TV studio yeah. nowadays. We we bought all the bits and baubles. We bought ring we lights, which are a lot cheaper than I thought they were going to be. We got ring lights, we got cameras, stands, stands. Uh we got yeah, we got new webcams for our Instagram live stream. And so we're going to have multiple angles. I'm going to use a different program so we can go direct and we can get a better sound. We get multiple angles on the cameras. And we're going to It's going to be crazy. Learn how to use all that stuff next week because we don't have it. Let's face it. Yet. We're going to be in quarantine for the rest of our lives. Yes. So we're we invested in ourselves on pimping out our home. Uh, to better serve you, the viewer, because we got to serve or you listener, because we know you love being served. Um, and we can now do. I really like the multiple angle thing, but now we can do multiple angles, uh, in different places in our house. So you'll be able to see different places. You'll be able to see like our living room and our dining room. Nosy, so nosy, everyone. Why are you so nosy? I don't know about that, but. We'll what do you see. Mean you don't know about that. That's the I don't want don't to have to do it in here the whole time. Oh, because what? You don't like my room? I just would like to be able to sit and like lounge in one of our lovely purple leather chairs or Yeah. 
have sip on some tea at their lovely dining table. I just think it would be nice to switch it up. Anyway, we will soon have the capability for all of those things because we've invested in ourselves and we've purchased yeah. bits and baubles that we need to do make this whole place into like a little studio. It's very technological. It's a very technological. I don't know how any of it works, but maybe I'll learn. Mm, probably not. <laughs> I mean, I'll learn maybe some basic knowledge. Um. Hopefully. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, that was, you know, I think that it's it's honestly, it's shocking how much has changed since the quarantine began. Eric has got, we've got our own Instagram show now. Um, we're we're going to start doing even more online things, mm-hmm. streaming and videos and um, all that. And it's funny because I'm really that was kind of one of my goals and I just really couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And I think it's just kind of been, um, uh, progr- We're figuring a, it out together. Kind of a progression that, you know, it never feels good when you have to like force something, you know, you're like, I'm going to, I have to start this. You, I have to post this YouTube video at once exactly. a week and blah, blah, blah. But now I've been posting this once a week. And so that's, you know, something putting in front of the people on YouTube. Um, so that's good. And I kind of w- was looking for an uh, opportunity to open up more to my audience and get them to know more about me. And so I, this has been like the perfect thing, you know? So it just kind of happened. I wasn't even really thinking about that. It was organic. Yeah, it was very organic. I wasn't even thinking about that when we started doing the podcast, but I was like, oh, that's what this is. Good for us. Right? Well, that worked out well. Congratulations to us. Um, <laughs> So, um, what else have we done for us lately? I've, well, for me, I've, uh, I finished, I finished my look again. I'm, I'm on top of this look a week thing and it's good, but I do know that I need to spend, I need to. How many pictures did you post on I, Instagram this week, Erica? I need to, well, that's the thing. I never said that I was going to do that. So don't try it. But that was your first, what have you done for you lately? I said I From was going to, not every day. I never said that. Yeah, but you didn't even post one since the last episode that we did when we talked about it last week. Can I finish, please? <laughs> Jeez. Cool your jets. IJS. Cool your I'm jets. Just trying to, I'm just trying to stay on top of cool things. Cool your jets and let me finish. Thank you. All right. Here I go. So, <laughs> uh, I realize that that is something that needs to happen. Uh, I think that I am ready to take the step of committing to posting daily on Instagram. Story. Just the story. Yeah, but you got to put something on your can main you, no. feed. Too. Why, can you Don't, not every me, day. Can I just do, can I do my little steps? Uh, uh, they've been working so far. So can I, can we just continue? Because it's working for me. So that's what, that's what this next week is going to be about. And I also need to familiarize myself Refamiliarize myself with my other platforms. Oh, also something that I tried to do for myself was log back into my YouTube, my you, my my pumps YouTube channel. Oh my God, um, and that did not work. Uh, so it's kind of hard to log in. Calling, calling, I can't remember any or the password. I don't have any of the information that I need. So what I need is for someone out there in the internet, inside of the internet. <laughs> Somewhere out there in the someone somewhere out in the world to give me some sort of trick or tip or just 
Because someone who YouTube can, does not make or it, it easy. Who can just fetch the bolt cutters, if you know what I mean, and cut me out of jail. Uh, so if you are out there and you have any technological do you expertise, have a, do you have a cousin that works at YouTube? Do you have a friend? Because I really just would like your it play, would really. Your TT that I play feel like cousin? I'm making really great progress and steps towards. Uh, I feel like I'm ready to like own that chapter in my history, um, because I'm really dealing with the negative emotions that I have surrounding that. I talked, which I talked about last week, last episode. Um, so I think it would really, it would just be a wonderful cherry on top of the cake if I could actually regain access to this and not have to start over from scratch. So if you have, if you know anyone or are someone <laughs> who can help with that, then please um, write us at turningpurplepod at gmail.com or ericator at on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean... Got that stuff, uh, you know, writing songs. I'm just doing all that stuff still. My life is pretty Sounds much so just like the same stuff over <laughs> and over again. Um, well, I think everyone's life is pretty repetitive at the moment. Yeah. Usually it's broken up by like trips and stuff, but that's not happening right now. So that sucks. But, uh, you know, at least I'm still paying my bills. Um, I think that's good. That's a that's stuff. We did some things for us lately. I, yeah, I've we're doing stuff so goal. we can so we can contribute to our artistic community. So we can contribute to queer culture. Well, yeah, our, our, we can contribute to so we no can art. Back. We can we can continue to grow as artists by exactly dis exploring new mediums like the internet. I think it's very exciting. It is exciting. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited about that ring light because I'm going to look good on camera. That, finally. Um, finally. <laughs> that, uh, all that stuff is very exciting to me. Hopefully I'll be able to maybe figure out how to use some of it. Who knows? But yeah, my goal is to put something on my story every day next week and re-familiarize myself next with my week? other... You're not going to start till next week? We've discussed this. Weeks to me now begin on Wednesday. Oh, okay. Okay. So tomorrow. Because everything works out. Because of what we're well, doing now. First of all. Because of all, the stuff that we're doing, this is, that's what it yeah, feels like. First of me. all, what you can do is remember to take some pictures when you're in drag tonight for the Instagram show. Because you. Yes. And I also can make, uh, I'm going to, that's my other goal. I'm going to teach myself how to use iMovie <laughs> and make some clips out of the show that I can put on my story. Yep. There you go. I may I used it once. I can do I can put music. Well, it didn't record the sound before, so it was like yeah, messed up. It is messed up. But I'm that's that's my goal for this week. That's but, what, and I think that is achievable. What it really comes down to is Erica is the question, the age old question. Yes. How's your head? Oh my gosh, Elvira, I'm sorry. Are you all right? Yeah, I think so. How's your head? I haven't had any complaints yet. Excuse me? How is my head? Haven't had any complaints. <clears throat> uh, that's not what I heard. <laughs> well, girl, my head is 
How's your mental this week? I mean, I'm you've just, been I'm, very. You've I'm seemed angry. a little agitated. I'm angry all the time and and pissed mean. off and short and over it. And I've noticed what's funny is today when you get in drag, you're usually a little bit bitchier. Like you're like, I'm in drag. Like just whatever. Really? Yeah. You don't feel that? No. Well, I guess you can't, you know. I don't feel it. Guess I you wonder can't if smell it's your like own a, I guess you I guess not. That's an interesting analogy. Um <laughs> thanks for that. Uh I guess that's something I'll have to I don't know. You try just and seem be aware a little of. like you seem bitchier. In general or d- yeah. in drag? In drag. When, you get, in, in when drag. you get in drag. Well, you know what? That's like, common. I'm doing my makeup. Don't talk to me. Like, That's common. You know, like just I'm doing something right now. So like that's that kind of attitude. Really? Yeah. Well, that's not good. Well, Adam Joseph, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you felt that way. <laughs> You're such a <laughs> bitch. I'm sure you are sorry that I felt that way. <laughs> I just Naomi Campbell the fuck out of you. I'm sorry you felt that way. Well, I know. I'm well, actually, it wasn't really I'm about how sorry. I felt. I'm sorry. I apologize. And I'll try to, um, in the future, be aware, I guess, that my attitude changes when I get into drag. But that's, that's I've actually, that's, that is true. I've noticed that in other people. Yeah. So why wouldn't it be true for myself? I guess it's just something I need to get a little bit of a handle on. Are you saying that I seem yeah. agitated in general? Uh, because well, I, I mean, am. You do. Because I am. Because you ha- you I have, have been. Se- you have been angry, angrier and angrier and angrier as this quarantine goes on about the state of our country. Yes, I don't feel like I'm not alone. I feel no, like that's I mean, very who, normal. Who, who is happy with the state of our country? It's a fucking dumpster fire. I feel like I just get angrier and angrier as each day goes by. Fortunately, I can just kind of you know, I don't know. It's not something I think about all the time. Like, I probably is more with you. I'm just like, who cares? Whatever. I'm going to make the most of it for myself and not worry about all that shit because it's not going to change anyway. So, I mean, Trump is still the president. Me hating him is not going to... And, like, talking about how much I hate him and stuff is not going to change anything. So, I don't know. I mean, I'd rather focus on other things. Okay. Cool. I'd rather. <laughs> well, it's not like I'm sitting here like I'm going to vote for him, but I can I can I, focus uh, my energies in different directions. I wish onto that other things. I could block it out, but it's getting more and more difficult. Well, I'm really good at blocking stuff out. You really are. Yeah, too good. I would I would argue. Can you ever be too good? You can be too good. I think. Yeah. I don't know what if that's going to change. But yeah, I just feel a lot of anger. Angrier and angrier at everything at like at shows, even at like just shows that we watch. Oh god, she went <laughs> off last night. I can't oh it. my god. That fucking and show. And I want to watch the rest of it. I, you can watch it by yourself cuz I'm not watching she any won't more watch of it. it. It doesn't stand. But you'd rather watch a show that's like just white people. 
I guess it's because it's more, not pretending to be more, something else. More about what it represents. I found I was actually looking. I googled. We're it talking this morning. about Hollywood. I googled it this morning, and right there's now. lots of. Um, I can't fucking stand. There's that lots show. of articles that are saying that it's problematic. It's beyond problematic. I cannot stand whitewashing of history. And this this is the thing. When, when a story is told in a historical context, because of the nature of our society and the way that media disseminates goes. into the, the culture, Kraken. the way that media disseminates into culture, when a story is told in a historical context, eventually that story becomes history. Because the of kids, the way, because the kids of the that are watching that we, it, yes, the kids that are watching it that now are going to be like, "What do you mean there was racism in the '40s? It wasn't. See, it didn't seem that bad. It was just TV. like today." Not everybody reads history fucking books. Yeah, everybody watches TV. This is it is fucking dangerous. It is really dangerous, yeah. and, and it's, it is really and it's, and it's unconscionable. Well, it's really me. weird that they labeled it as like a. I don't know. I don't know where I saw this, but I saw that it was like more of like a fantasy, but. There's actually like real characters in it, like Rock Hudson. And that's when it makes it even, it's like, makes so it even more dangerous. This is actually, you're using factual, like real people and like things that and actually the happen. the gas station is based on Scotty Bowers. Yeah. And then wrapping it around other stuff that would never have been possible. So it's, it is weird. Anyway. Especially um, when it involves race issues, it gets me real you hot see how, and You guys see how, how worked up she got that fast? It just gets me really upset. Um, that really threw that really threw me into like a a thing. Yeah, one episode. She's like, "I'm not watching the rest of this. I just can't do it. It's too triggering. I'm sorry." Um, you don't have to be sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've been doing pretty good. I'm feeling a, a little bit edgy. More? No, no, I'm not feeling edgy. You seem edgy. Um, <laughs> that's because I just have a lot of shit to do. And, um, yeah, it's stuff, not all the stuff that I want to be doing. So it's just like, eh, who wants to do work that they don't want to do? It's not fun. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and I'm like trying to do all these songs and that's always frustrating. You know, I get edgy when I'm trying to produce and especially mix because it's like the hardest thing for me to possibly do. Yeah. And I could do it for three, four days and still not get something that I really am happy with. So that always makes me a little frustrated as well. Um, so, you know, it's not, that's not really about anything other than frustration. I'm not feeling depressed. I'm not, sad, I'm not feeling which depressed. Which is nice. No. Anger has pretty much taken over. Oh, I, well, I'm sorry, Take that girl. anger and put it into your Instagram. Yeah, well, maybe I don't know how that would work, but I'll give it a try. Well, yeah. It's all about redirecting. I'm not good at redirecting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will give it a try. We had to, we keep saying that we're going to answer these people's questions, but we haven't done it yet. Oh, yeah. There are some questions that y'all have been sending us. We're going to just this take a segment. running a little long. It's, we're running a little long. We They're talking about gay my stuff. Kraken got I mean, the better of me, and, uh, and yeah, I, uh, 
had a lot to say. Yeah, I mean, but I think we'll probably have to do another gay stuff episode at some point because I because feel there's like I have so a much gay to say. there's so much gay stuff to talk about. I don't yeah. think we just scratched the surface. Yeah, and I'll definitely scratched the surface of all of my feelings about. Um, I have a lot of opi- I, have I have a lot, lot of feelings. <laughs> I have a lot of opinions about this kind of stuff. So we really just scratched the surface. She's but got a lot of next time around, we're gonna devote a significant chunk of time to answering y'all's questions. So if you got more, if you, we were we only really have a couple. So if you guys have, so more, if y'all got more, send them our way. And uh, next time around, turning next, purple. Underscore on Twitter at turning or no turning purple pod at gmail.com. Yeah. Send them, send them on, send them over, and we will answer them yeah. to the best of our abilities. To the best of our abilities. If you're looking for some quality entertainment on Tuesday nights, yep. check out my Instagram where we bring our Instagram live stream show. The um, living, the living room. room from direct from our living room to, to you yours on your Instagram, or your bedroom at, or bathroom, wherever you're looking at, at it. Adam Joseph Music on Instagram. We're there at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific every Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night, it's super fun. I'm really enjoying it. Looking forward to it every week. Yep. Um. So yeah. Check it out. Check it and out. Spend even more time with us, even more than you've already spent. Because, you know, because I, we love you. I had an idea today <laughs> to do a mystery science theater style show. So now that we have our new cameras, I think we're going to try to figure out some e- even, more even more content stuff. for you guys to listen to and watch and enjoy. So, you know. Um, keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. We're coming for you. We're coming for you. At Adam Joseph Music on Instagram and Twitter. At Erica Tour, Instagram and Twitter. And at Turning Purple underscore on Twitter. Turning Purple Pod at gmail.com. Until we love hearing from you, so let us hear from you. Let us hear from you. Do we want to play a song this week? Of course we want to play a song this week. We would play a song every week. <clears throat> what song will what? she play? What song will she play? Well, why don't we play? You've got some. You've got a new EP coming I've out. I've got we a new EP play coming out. One of the songs from that. When do you play Ova? I'm Ova. I really love that one. Yeah. Um, so this is Ova by Erica Tour Aviance. And until next time, we will be turning, turning purple.
I'm over you, I'm not gonna let you out 